real estate biz is drastically changing. And modern real estate success can't be learned in some old course manual. This is everything they never told you about real estate. Where industry leaders expose secrets to success, contemporary lead generation, and how to dominate social media. All moderated by your host, the real estate goat and queen of social media, Carrie Sauve. Welcome, I'm your host, Carrie, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Andrew Perry. You all might know him from his social media. He has quite the online presence. He is a luxury real estate agent and team leader with Revel Realty, and his team is called the Fine Estates Team. And I believe you're based right. in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you also have an office yep. in Muskoka, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, both of the waterfront vacation style uh, communities. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's our specialty. I love it. I love it. And from what I understand, you came from out of town. You didn't grow up in Niagara on the Lake, did you? You started your business in Niagara on the Lake from scratch. Yes, that's right. So um, I grew up in a teeny teeny town called Churchill. Uh, it's in Innisfil, uh, in about 15 minutes south of Barrie. We mm -hmm. probably had, in our actual town, maybe like 250 people at most. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, the combining towns where, you know, even Innisfil now only has like, I don't know, 20, 30,000 people or something. Uh, and it's booming and it's busy. Um, you know, so obviously all the towns, it's similar to Niagara on the Lake in the fact where you have Queenston, St. David's, Virgil, Old Town, um, Chautauqua, they all kind of combine to make one bigger town, but our specific area yeah, was barely 250 people. Our, our school, our public school had 600 kids. Oh my goodness. Grade oh one, my goodness. Grade eight, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew also has a podcast, uh, that fine life, correct? And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. You do your podcast live. So you have your guests in a studio. Tell me a little bit about your yeah. podcast, who it's for, what it's about. So at the end of the day, uh, the podcast, the reason why we do it in person live, mm -hmm. no edits, nothing is that we try. And, and again, you know, some hosts, uh, you know, some people would say, well, you know, you should really know a lot about your guests before you go into the podcast. And I'm not completely unaware of our guests. Let's just say that. But I leave the topics for, you know, a, a fully organic discussion. If you're working on something, I want to learn about that in the podcast. Um, I don't want to come prepared with certain questions that, you know, make it seem like it's okay. Well, is this actually a podcast or is this a structured interview? Uh, so that they can create content and cut it up into little pieces, um, which is, again, totally fine. We do that, too. But I felt that, you know, getting to know somebody in person, um, it just was one of those situations where you get to maybe pull some extra valuable content out for our listeners and, and viewers that you might not get on any other situation. So our podcast is at the end of the day, it is to focus on 
you know, what are you doing to help you live that fine life? It's, you know, the fine life, the Dolce Vita, you know, I did an interview with Dolce Magazine and they asked me, what does that mean to you? And it's exactly like that fine life where, you know, we've all worked hard. We all have one life. We need to enjoy it. And at the end of the day, when I started that saying on like from our client's perspective, because we have what we call the fine life method with our team. And what that is, is that we understand that our clients have put in a lot of work uh, over the years because most of our clients are 55, 60 plus um, or they're young professionals and they're working their butts off and their biggest and highest asset is their home. And so yeah. we want to treat that with uh, a level of respect because they deserve to live that fine life. Okay. So give me a little bit of insight. What is this method? Like you don't have to tell me everything, right? These are your industry secrets, but what, what would you say sets you apart from other luxury realtors? So like just a little glimpse Mm -hmm. inside what that method looks like. Yeah, of course. And honestly, I'm an open book. And if we can't fit it all into this podcast, anybody and yourself can reach out to me. Honestly, we we give everything for free. We had a broker open house on Wednesday. I brought my seller's guide. I brought my buyer's guide. I brought our um, our agent planner that we give to all of our realtors. Like yeah. it's it's nothing is industry secrets, I would say. So yeah. essentially, this is what, what it is. So Muskoka, Niagara-on-the-Lake. All right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we cover from, you know, Hamilton all the way to Fort Erie. So, you know, the entire Niagara Peninsula. However, I live in Niagara on the Lake. That's where our office is. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're spending two to five million in Niagara on the Lake or more, what you get versus what you can still buy, regardless of all the media in Toronto or Oakville or Burlington, it's almost on par. If not, you're, you're paying for the historical value of a particular area or the lifestyle. So when we're selling to buyers who are incoming to Niagara-on-the-Lake, we always take them out for lunch. We bring them wine tasting. I always give them either a gift card or we'll give them a bottle of wine. We'll tour them around and we sell the lifestyle first because if they're walking into a home and they say, well, hey, look, for $3 million, I could just stay in Burlington and, you know, I've got yeah. Sobeys, I've got Turtle Jacks, uh, Moxies. I, I don't know what, what you guys have out there. Um, we don't have that. We've got a small independent grocers, Phil's, which is called Independent now. We have uh, we don't have any big chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a McDonald's, of course, but it, it made me to look. We have what's called the build form. So there's no billboards. Uh, All the buildings have to adhere to a certain style. You do have freedom to build and be as creative as you want with your own residence, but the, but the commercial aspects all have to fit into this same kind of look and feel. We also don't have park bench ads. We're a town of 14,000 people that has three friggin' newspapers. Uh, We have an enormous amount of tennis courts and pickleball courts. We've got one arena and one community uh, community center dedicated to pickleball out of a town of 14,000 people. So it's important to sell the lifestyle. What What is is pickleball? pickleball? Because I've seen this on, I've seen it on Vanderpump. I was watching Vanderpump Rules last night and I saw it on there and I'm like, what the hell is pickleball? So, Pickleball is a mix of um, like table tennis, ping pong, mm-hmm. actual tennis, and like badminton. I guess it's like a it's like a wiffle ball. So it has like holes in the ball, and okay. you use a very large paddle. The courts are like badminton, so they're smaller, and they make a lot of noise. 
uh, which is a big topic of controversy when they spent $300,000 for a pickleball court at our community center oh, that wow. got reverted back to a tennis court because the neighbors complained. But anyways. Okay, sorry. I just had to ask to complain you. about a small town. <laughs> but, you know, what? the point I'm getting at is that that fine life method is a full white glove, five-star service. You know, our, our mission statement is we need to be the absolute best five-star and the best in communication. We never lose a client because of communication. And it's, it's from point A to point B showing, because we, we specialize in people transitioning here. Um, we specialize in people that may or may not know anything about Niagara-on-the-Lake. So we need to show yeah. them that lifestyle, create an experience for them to make the values of the homes make sense. I love that. And I feel like you're right. Um, people from Oakville, Burlington, Toronto wouldn't necessarily know the gem that is Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I know my business is Hamilton-based, but I grew up in Niagara Falls. So I'm very, I love Niagara on the lake. I just, it's a total lifestyle. It's a complete lifestyle. Unlike, you know what? It does remind me a little bit of Muskoka. So that makes sense why you are, why you're Niagara on the lake and Muskoka because you're selling the same lifestyle, right? Which is fantastic. I agree. And, and, it, and it is, and it is true where, Okay, we, we attract three to four million visitors every single year. Everybody knows about Niagara-on-the-Lake, but Toronto, Oakville, and outside of uh, our area buyers, they think that they're coming into a rural small town and going to get an amazing deal. They know the values are a little bit higher than Niagara Falls, of course, but they don't really understand the market until you show them. And if any other agent just said, hey, yeah, here's our $3 million house, yeah, you got to do some work to it, but it's got a big lot and it's a close walk to town. People, buyers would be like, well, I don't care. Why would I? I'm not leaving now, not Burlington for this. So that's why we have to sell the lifestyle first. Okay. So what do you see happening um, in Niagara and the lake specifically in the market? Like had, the price point's a lot different than mm -hmm. Niagara Falls, Fort Erie. And the, you're in the luxury market as well. So... Yeah. Personally, I feel like Niagara didn't really start to recover. It just started to recover recently. And now with the interest rate hike, what's happening down here? Well, let, let's put it this way. To say that the interest hikes won't affect Niagara on the Lake is a is an ignorant statement. Mm -hmm. However, having said that, most people who are coming here they have a lot of equity in their house. Majority of my clients, they've lived in their house for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, just outside of the GTA, Georgetown, Milton, Caledon, whatever. And when they come here, I'll be honest, interest rates aren't a big factor. Now, five years ago, anybody who was coming here most likely had cash. Most likely. Yeah. Now, with people being more educated in investments, um, you know, leveraging their, their funds outside of the country, like Costa Rica or Florida, we're finding a lot of our buyers now are splitting the revenue or capital that they've made from that 20, 30 year gain in their home. 
and they're they require a mortgage now to buy this one million, two million, three million dollar home, and they're yeah. using the rest to go purchase an investment property or a vacation home. So the interest rates definitely have had an effect, but you're right. The entire Niagara market did not start bouncing back until about March of this year. So it was basically a full year of, you know, just absolutely quiet. And we yeah. don't rely on online leads. So we had our best year ever last year. You know, we, what we found were that, you know, realtors who rely on online leads really took a massive hit last year because nobody was interested. Let's oh. be honest. Nobody was interested in looking at houses last year. No, the uncertainty of the rise of interest rates were enough to kill anybody's business if you weren't prepared. Now, having said that, Niagara on the lakes market. So typically Niagara Falls, St. Catharines is like late January to March dips, April, May, June picks back up where nothing really happens in Niagara on the lake till about May or June. So our market just picked up in June. All okay. of our listings have been selling between one and seven business days. Uh, why did I say business days? <laughs> That's a realtor talking, right? So uh, we, we still have conditions here, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in bringing your buyers, we still do conditions here, uh, but no more than seven business days. Um, so like one to seven days, we're selling our houses. Um, we're getting anywhere between 98 and 100% of ask. Um, mm. That's Niagara-on-the-Lake. It's not working like that because, again, Niagara-on-the-Lake in the springtime that's where everybody's going. That's why we invest in traditional marketing as well. Like we do 50,000 magazines a month. We do newspapers because we know that people are coming into town and picking those up. So to answer yeah. your question a little more directly, Niagara on the Lake, we are getting a full recovery now to, you know, for example, I'll put it this way. 2019, I bought my house for 670 in Garrison Village. One year later, like one full calendar because it was towards the end of 2019. So you're just going into 2021, um, end of 2022. My house was appraising at about 1.3. A year later, my house was appraising at 1.6. Now we're back down to that 1.4 mark. So we were starting to recover again. But with the busyness, we're not necessarily seeing multiple offers that are driving prices up, which is a good thing, but mm -hmm. we are seeing sellers sell their home in a, in a quick amount of time. Niagara and St. Catharines, anything under 700, I'd say, is moving incredibly fast, uh, but a lot of the buyers are having a big problem with those homes over a million because the biggest towns that suffered, Wayne Fleet, Welland, Fort Erie, Port Colburn, because not only are they just a, an extra 15, 20 minutes away from Toronto, but mm -hmm. they're in areas that were always historically a little bit less in terms of market value out of the entire Niagara region, but they exploded in COVID because everybody knew that. And now those type of sleeper towns are kind of going back. So, you know, all the people that overbid by 200, 300,000 in Welland, and we're seeing it a lot because some of the people can't afford those interest rate heights. We've got to sell it and they got to take a hundred K loss. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I want to ask you a couple things. First of all, let's say I'm not from the Niagara region. I'm coming down to Niagara yep. on the Lake for the day. What is your favorite winery? Okay. So our family has a winery, so I'm a little biased. So if you guys want a personal handcrafted 
uh, hand-bottled experience with the best winemaker in Niagara, in my opinion, is my father-in-law, Joe Perry. We have the same last name, long story. Um, They're Italian, I'm Scottish. And uh, Joe and Tony Mori, uh, for anybody who's listening who's been to uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake, they probably heard of Mori Gardens. Tony uh, was the owner of that, uh, shut it down to retire a year and a half ago. And now they both focus on just creating amazing and powerful wine. Um, That's 176 Warner Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake called Paradiso Estate Winery. Now, to be uh, completely unbiased, uh, I would have to say my favorite in terms of wine quality, service, location, and food quality would have to be Two Sisters. Now, I know a lot of the locals, if they're listening to this, they might roll their eyes, but that's my favorite winery. It's, it's, it honestly does have the highest quality. It's the most expensive, but you're paying for, again, some of the best food and wine in the region. Okay, so give me your top three restaurants in Niagara-on-the-Lake. So give me one fine dining, something a little more casual, and then, you know, you get the idea. Okay, this is tough. This is tough. Um, Okay, so two sisters, if you're going on a really nice date um, or you want to impress a client, two sisters, the restaurant, phenomenal. My go-to... Like when I say go to, I'm talking once a week is uh, Sand Trap Pub and Grill. Hmm. Best pizza, best wings in town, best service, best atmosphere. It, it, you could relate it to like, um, I don't want to offend them, but like a Jack Astor's kind of, but it's family run. Family okay. run, all locals. It's great. Uh, now, third, now this is tough too because I don't want to offend anybody. I got so many friends in the industry. It's it's a toss up between uh, the Garrison House and the old winery. So the old winery is a mix between fine dining and casual. You don't have to wear you know nice clothes to get in, but the food and experience is fine dining. And the Garrison House is like a gastro pub, so it's one step up between your like Boston pizzas and your yep. fine dining. It's right in the middle. It's perfect. Okay, I have on a side note. Um... Obviously, I, I moved yep. back to Niagara a year ago from Hamilton, and we have the Hamilton Club there. Um, I've been gone from Niagara for so long, and honestly, like I was not of age mm-hmm. to enjoy any private clubs. I grew up at the St. Catharines Golf and Country Club, but where yes. I'm like, where do I join? Where I, I want a private club where I can bring clients, I can entertain family. Is there anything like that in Niagara? Yeah, I mean, my favorite, and honestly, it's it's just a really great golf course. They have amazing amenities, and we've done a ton of seminars there. They're very good to their uh, their members. Is the Saint yeah. Catharines Golf and Country Club absolutely? Okay, yeah, it's it's still one of the best and one of the most prominent. I, I I grew up there. I love it. I remember like just being a kid, just running around like crazy and the pool. <laughs> when you're little, you just want to be in the pool. Yeah, all day. honestly. It's and it's weird. Every time I go there, my phone rings and I end up getting a deal. I don't know what it is, but thank Ooh. you, St. Catharines Golf and Country Club. <laughs> it's like okay, when you I walk through those doors. It's, it's yeah, you gotta yeah. go spend some more time there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Andrew, you are the coordinator and founder of this online um, realtor platform, Real Estate Hacks. Didn't you start that group yeah. on Facebook? Okay, no, so- no, no, no. Jill, Jill, Jill Price founded it. I came oh. in maybe five years later. 
Okay, but you're a huge part of it, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a moderator uh, along with uh, Carlin and uh, myself and Jill. So what I've noticed, there are a ton of realtors. Like how many members are in this group? Like tens of thousands, uh, right? Yeah, just under 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's huge. There's a lot of opinions on there. And what I'm seeing the most right now is a lot of complaining about our mandatory health coverage. So for mm -hmm. those of you who don't know, hopefully if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, you know what's going on. But Aurea is... I would hope um, so. <laughs> <laughs> know, right? They've implemented and passed a mandatory health benefits program. Um, I actually, for the first time went through, have you, have you actually been through the coverage of this yet? No, because our brokerage provides health insurance. So this has never been of an interest to me. Yeah. I, I went through it last night because I tweeted something that wasn't a very popular opinion yesterday and I got a lot of hate messages. <laughs> um, I think it's, I don't think it's a huge deal. A lot of realtors are really angry because this is mandatory and it's going to be a minimum of what, 600 and something dollars a year added to their fees. Um, but, right. but I think it's great. Put, Sorry, go ahead. So to put that in perspective, mm -hmm. that's $600 on top of such a small amount that we used to pay, which I was what, 170 or something? So okay, it's only $600 a year, but it's on top of, like, that's a 700% increase in what we had. So here's my opinion. Number one, $600 a year, I'm happy to chip in if that means that, you know, some of our older realtors or, you know, some of our realtors that, um, you know, aren't in the best health, no fault of their own. Um, I'm happy to help if that helps them. Number yeah. two, nothing should be mandatory. Number three, the way they've done their voting system, and again, I'm not an expert and I'm not offended, but the way they do their voting system is very similar to how we vote federally and how the Americans vote federally. So each board has a higher percentage of votes, obviously because the boards are larger, but I, I don't like that. You know, just because a board's larger, Okay, so if you if a board is larger and you need to, and you're the representation of that larger board, okay, I understand why that has more voting power. But if that has more voting power, then you might as well just do one on one votes. You might as yeah. well do every single person because there are. I was aware of this. I didn't know where there's a voting process. I didn't. I wasn't aware that we didn't have the ability to vote. I didn't even know that it was going to be mandatory. Until a couple of weeks ago, I talked mm -hmm. to Tim Hudak, who's a great guy, by the way. And I, he pulled me aside. He said, Andrew, what do you think of health benefits for Ontario realtors? I said, Tim, that's an amazing idea. It's about time. Revel was the only brokerage that I knew of. So if you're um, anybody else yeah. that provides it, I'm sorry. But um, I, at the time, Revel was the only brokerage that I knew of that offered health benefits. We pay, I have a family of five and I pay $380 a month. We go to the dentist anytime we want. It's fully covered. Wow, well, 20 mm. bucks here and there. But, and so now I've got to pay an extra $600 for a policy that is 
so minimal. It might be valuable to other people, but it's not valuable to me. So my problem is not with the policy. It's not with the price. It's about the mandatory. Don't tell me what I need to do. In order to be a part of a board, I understand. I understand. You need to be a part of something. You're paying into it, and that's mandatory. I get it. But mandatory health insurance, that's not cool. Even any other company, you have the ability to opt in or out of these types of things. So really? that's my that's my problem is, is the mandatory aspects of it. I don't mm-hmm. like where the last five to 10 years have gone with all these mandatory issues. And now we have a bill coming out from a minority government. I don't want to get too off topic here. That is censorship telling me what I can and what I cannot say. That's why a lot of people are moving to the States. And again, and if you don't agree with that, I'm, I understand, but it is a reality. You know, I'm not yeah. jumping ship or anything, but you're damn right. I'm moving some investments to the States. So yeah, interesting, interesting story. Watch how it develops again. Thank you, Aria, for, for sticking up for us. This is nothing against you, Tim, or the boards. I really appreciate the fact that we have people going to bat for us. I just think they did it the wrong way. Unfortunately. Yeah. I was looking at the policy last night and at the base level for the $600, there's no dental, no optometrist, no massage. However, you know what there is? Unlimited, unlimited virtual psychotherapy. And I thought that that was probably one of the most important parts of this. Like I already have, so my husband works for Leona. I have the best benefits in the country. Yeah. Like I... I can get my Botox like done for me. Like it is, it is, it is a great policy. Right. And, um, so I wasn't really concerned about myself. Um, of course I don't mind paying the extra money. I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And those that have health benefits already that don't have really good coverage, this is going to pick up the slack. Right. So I I agree. And you know what, like we were all in this business together and I understand that there are people that Mm -hmm. work their butt off, but unfortunately aren't putting the deals together that they, that they would want to, and for no lack of trying. And, you know, I want those people to be safe and feel like they have, you know, um, some protection for them and their family. Cause it's very, very important. Like I said, I am more than willing to opt into this to help other people out, but it's not a policy that I have whole life. I have my own whole life insurance. I have my own term. I have my own death. I have all of my own stuff. So I'm good. But yeah. I, at the end of the day, it's the mandatory aspects that I don't like. You said something interesting just there. You said people who can't pull deals together through no fault of their own. And that's a pretty, I don't know. I I don't agree with that statement. I feel like if people, if agents are not doing deals, it is only their fault. Okay. I was, I was just trying to be nice. (laughs) Yeah. So you're obviously a head coach at Revel. So let's shift a little bit over to that, you know, and um, coaching mm-hmm. and, and agents and production. You're you're a head coach at Revel. Um, you have a team. How many people are on your team right now? 11. 
Okay, we so you have, have good people. You're mentoring. Yeah, have, um, that's 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 time consuming. Well, <laughs> that's just where the beginning is. So on my team, we have two admins, a director of ops, a VP of sales, um, and then we have eight or nine sales agents. However, mm-hmm. on at our brokerage in Niagara-on-the-Lake, we have over 25 realtors, and in our brokerage in Muskoka, we have four. Okay. So altogether, we have probably 40 agents directly under us. Okay, so you obviously, okay, because I'm a coach as well, and I see all kinds of agents. And what do you think the biggest obstacle for agents that aren't producing is right now? Do you think it's the market? Do you think it's limiting beliefs? Do you think... Uh, okay, I'll say that in a, yeah, in a limiting, diplomatic way. How about this? Sure. Do you see a lot of agents that are just fucking lazy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But but I but I also see a lot of agents that are working hard, mm-hmm. but they're not focused on the right things, and they don't want to take the advice of the experience. Success leaves clues. And some people have either an ego or they've, you know, learned something from an influencer online that they truly feel is going to help them win business. And, you know, look, my, my thing is, is there's no, I understand markets are, are up and down, but to me, I've never seen a bad market. I've never seen a good market. I've just seen the (laughs) market and I play well, or I play shitty inside of it. And the problem is, is, most of these agents think, oh, man, tough market out there. Ah, <laughs> interest rates, eh? I haven't noticed. We had our best year last year, and the entire market was down 40%. We're number two right now in the Niagara region. Um, actually, I haven't checked yet, so maybe I shouldn't say that because David's and Delats and I, we're, we're battling for that number two spot. Uh, they're a phenomenal team, and I've learned a lot from them, by the way. Um, but what I found is that it's it's a lot of limiting beliefs as well. I mean, at the end of the day, most people see this as a service industry, a service position. They feel that, okay, well, I'm a realtor now. Leads have to come, right? I mean, I'm in the business, mm-hmm. right? So what they don't understand is that, no, 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 no. This is a sales position. You own your own business. If you don't do any lead generation, your number one is real estate leads, building relationships to convert them into sales. That's your number one job, lead generation. You can't open doors. You can't have open houses. You can't market listings. You can't do this. You can't do that. Write offers if you don't have any leads. And people don't understand that. And now if I told them, if I told every single agent, look, you need to get a firm deal by the end of the week. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your car. You're going to be put in jail. Yeah, uh, the government's going to take your firstborn. I don't know, right? Where, how fast would they be able to get me that deal? Very fast. And that's how I live my life. I live my life as if it can be all taken away. I live my life as if it can be all taken away from me tomorrow. Yeah. And nobody, majority anyways, a majority of realtors don't have that type of mentality. And that's why they'll lose. I have a saying every morning I send out an email to my team and this morning's email was winners anticipate losers react. Mm -hmm. When I opened up 
our uh, dashboard, our hot sheets, I noticed that there was 97 new listings today in our immediate area. 25 sales. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was between 40 and 60 new listings, but there was 90 pendings. So mm -hmm. we're transitioning into a slower market, which I predicted a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. I anticipated a future market and prepared for it by building my pipeline. What the average agent does is they react once it's already too late. Oh, the market's down. There's too many listings. My, nothing's selling. Well, because you didn't anticipate a slower summer. And again, some, some of us older agents understand us of summer yeah. is typically a little bit slower, but yeah. some of them still react as if it's the first time they've ever seen it. So my number one takeaway for anybody who's listening and watching is that winners anticipate, losers react. Yeah, I really like that. I do. I have, um, you know, a lot of people just aren't motivated. I was talking to Kathleen Black a, a few months ago, and she struggles with this as well. You know, she has people paying her to coach them, and they won't listen to her advice. They won't follow the blueprint that she's mm -hmm. teaching. Mm -hmm. They, they think that there's another way. And she says, she said it beautifully. I'm not going to fight with you for your failure. And I just, I just love that because it's so true. Do you experience mm. that as well as a coach? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So again, in, in just so that uh, we, we all, have, you know, our listeners have a little clarity. So head coach, I don't run a coaching business or anything like that. I'm just the go-to person at our brokerage. I run the brokerage um, and that's what we classify as a head coach. So I'm okay. not actively um, assessing people's business. I'm more of a, of a crutch people can rely on. Now, I, some of our head coaches are a genuine head coach. But I believe in who, not how. I knew that I wasn't getting the results out of our sales team. So I hired mm -hmm. our VP of sales to take over that. And, you know, Crystal's been doing a phenomenal job. And she's not only entitled to, you know, partner up with me in this regard, but she's also entitled to run the sales meetings, runs the, run the training, run the one-on-ones as, as whatever way she likes. And she's experiencing the same thing right now where, some of them are doing what they're asking, but not producing the results. Some of them just are completely disregarding everything she's saying in order um, to, you know, I, I don't know why, because we're, there's some of them are still aren't selling. So yeah, we are experiencing that in, in that's why, you know, again, I, I'm sure some of them are, are going to be listening to this podcast and this isn't to offend anybody at all, but that's why you as a coach, and I'm not talking about a coach of a, of a real estate business. I'm talking about as a leader of a sales team or brokerage, you need to constantly be recruiting. You have to have recruits on deck at all times, because look, again, I am not going to fight with you for your failure. Mm -hmm. I own the business. I'm the one who's spending $50,000 a month on expenses. And if I'm dedicating any of that money to you, and you're not producing for me as much as I love you, as much as I respect you, that cannot happen. 
I'm here to help and support you. But if we have people who are willing to do that, you're going to be replaced. And again, we, we, we try not to create that type of a culture here. We've never fired anybody. Actually, one person. Yeah, no. we fired one person because they're just absolutely toxic and terrible. However, you know what I mean? It's like we're still here to help and support you, but mm -hmm. we start dedicating more time and support to the people that are actually, you know, going out there, proving <laughs> results and getting their goals achieved. Yeah, I think that um, agents, most agents these days want are looking for instant gratification. So they want the shiny new thing. And I see this probably more than most because my coaching is social media based. So they think, oh, I'm going to take this and this is going to be the answer to all my problems. And then they come on and I'm like, this is going to be a full time job for you. They don't, mm -hmm. they think that it's an easy button. Social media is going to be an easy button. And then I tell them it's a whole second job and it's going to take a lot of your time, a lot of your effort. You're going to have to be prospecting on social media, which is going to be hours of work a day. Mm -hmm. And then they get really hours. upset. <laughs> they get really upset, right? Um, but everybody's looking for that shiny new thing. The answer to all of their prayers, it's going to make them mm -hmm. millionaires. And it doesn't matter what prospecting method you choose to focus on. You need to give it 100% and you need to understand mm -hmm. that consistency and time are, are what's going to make or break you. You know, it's there's that's no right. That's why I always say, I, of course, but that's why, you know, to help people get into the habits of lead generation i always mm -hmm. tell them to to choose a niche or demographic that they are passionate about so yeah. for example when i first came to niagara on the lake in niagara again i didn't know anybody but i knew i had to choose something that i can be all in with that i'm not going to just quit on because i like it okay i had an easy go because this is wine country i like wine so I focused a lot of my marketing on that. And it was easy for me because every time, when I say easy, I don't mean it was easy, but it was simple. And I, when anybody would think of Niagara, they would just think Niagara, Niagara, wine, grapes. Wow, Andrew Perry, he's always drinking wine. He's always on a farm. He's always doing this. And that's easy for me. And then I realized that, you know, what's another passion of mine? Hockey. So I joined a hockey league with, you know, it's an old league in Niagara-on-the-Lake. It's between mm -hmm. 12 and 1 p.m. Most people would never play hockey in the middle of the day and break up their work day. But it was a passion of mine, and I've done four deals with that team in three years. So it's it's about finding an avenue that you mm -hmm. all or a path that you're already on and just mm -hmm. leveraging that without being salesy to the people in that network marketing about it so that you can attract other people to that network yeah. and just start there. Once you start seeing the results, you're like, holy crap. So, okay. Even if I choose something that I sort of like, but I'm not fully passionate about, at least if I give it 110%, it can prove uh, to give me a positive ROI. Yeah. And you said something earlier. Um, I just, 
my brain just went dead. This is like we're we're on here it's at eight o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I oh my god, I just totally lost that well train of thought. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a struggle with the girls and guys that I coach. Um some of them are yeah. amazing. Oh, okay. So what you said earlier how you Here go. Um, it just takes a couple seconds. <laughs> Let that caffeine <laughs> kick in. So you, yeah. you spoke earlier about how agents that rely on lead generation, um, online lead generation are fucked, mm-hmm. right? That's pretty much, I, I'm just like paraphrasing for you, um, which yep. is totally true. I don't just do social media. So I built my business on the back of my SOI. I was very social. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember COVID changed that life changed that age changed that, yeah. but I've always been a very social realtor. That's how I built my business. I use social media to stay in front of everybody that I meet socially on a daily basis. So you yeah. can't just be online lead generating, hiring lead gen companies and running ads and thinking that you're going to create business. This has to be a tiny piece of a bigger prospecting system. Would you agree with that? Yes. So interesting enough, I was just on a panel yesterday um, with the Zan team in Guelph. Great company, by the way. Great group of people. Scott Benson um, from Oakville, Burlington. He was on the panel with me. He said something very, very interesting because the year before (laughs) – Okay, we did have our best year last year, but there was a few months there where we goose-egged, sold nothing but 50K, 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 all coming out of my account. That didn't stop. And I'm like throwing money at leads, like, we need more leads, we need more leads. And I'm like <laughs> almost almost literally had a mental breakdown. I was you know, drinking maybe not more than I would normally, but I wasn't working out and I wasn't eating healthy. So I wasn't counteracting the drinking and it was getting, it was really affecting me. And then it came clear. I said, well, number one, you need to get your head straight. Number And number two, you need to start working out again. And number three, you need to start closing deals. So I got back into production. I was still listing, but I got back into production filled our bank accounts within a few weeks. And I'm realized that I'm like, holy crap, you don't need to be throwing money at marketing or leads. At the end of the day, that should just be brand awareness. You don't need any of that. As long as you have your voice, two feet mm-hmm. or two wheels, if you're in a wheelchair, that's totally fine. You can still get it done. All you need to do is go meet people, call people. That's it. So mm-hmm. Scott Benson said this, Lead with revenue. Don't be throwing money at marketing for something that you don't need. So if you feel that you need to spend money in order to get more business, let, let so example, let's just say you're at zero, zero revenue. Yeah. And you feel like you need to get that shiny new object or you need to spend thousands of dollars on lead uh, generation to get your zero up to 10, 50, a hundred K that's completely wrong. You've got the, you're just going to dig yourself a hole. And I know that because I literally just lived through it. So when Scott Benson from the Benson team, um, Scott Benson team said that I'm like, wow, boom, he just articulated it for me. Now 
if you have your bank account go from zero to 10 to 20, and now you're starting to make money from your, you know, heart, you're like basically low cost revenue, right? So you're yeah. basically door knocking, you're creating relationships, you're calling your database, mm -hmm. you're leveraging referrals. Now you can start spending money on marketing. And that, other than the anticipation and the reactions, that is the biggest mistake I see realtors make. They throw money at things that they don't have in order to make more money. 100%. So, don't do um, I, I totally agree. Agents shouldn't be out if they, they're not, they don't have business already. They shouldn't be buying leads. That's 100%. They need to get their shit in order first. However, there I've met a very wide range of realtors in the last year coaching. And there are people that need a coach. And when I say need a coach, yeah. I mean, they need to be held accountable all the time and, and they thrive. So I feel like spending money on a coach or a good brokerage yeah. that's going to provide yeah. that for you. I feel like that is indispensable. 100%. That is yeah. not, that is not an expense. Okay. Yeah. Coaching is not an expense. It's an investment. Yeah. That's the difference. People think that investing in lead generation is investing. It's not. That's an expense. Investing in coaching is a whole different story. Yeah, hundred percent. I was. I did the same thing as you last year. I actually stepped back to build my coaching program. Um, and and you and I both know if you want to do something and you want to do it well, you need to give it a hundred percent of your attention. So I was giving coaching a hundred percent and production like 20% still. And I was booked all day, every day, but it's something I had to do, but it just reminded me, it doesn't matter how long you've, you've been in this business. If you stop prospecting and stop actually having the conversations about real estate, your production is going to go down. But then I was like, Oh fuck, I got to get back to, I got to get back to work. And just like that, because I have my systems in place, I know what I'm doing. It was, it just started picking up quickly, quickly, right. quickly. And I did not spend a dollar on lead gen. So I went from doing literally probably like six or seven deals yet last year, which is nothing because 80% of my time was in coaching to, you know, getting back to my usual production within two months, not spending a yeah. dollar on marketing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's because we understand that um, it, it's really about the, the value that you provide to people. And that's why we were winning last year because people didn't want to waste time putting their information into random websites. They wanted to contact an actual professional who's going to give them yeah. honest advice. And we did that. We, we have a lot of clients that we said, no, don't do it. Don't sell your house right now. It is not yeah. worth it. Um, you know, or, Hey, look, I'm moving to the East coast. I need to sell it. Okay, good. This is how we're going to get it done. So it's about honesty and about understanding the long game, which a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. So I want to end off with um, the name of the podcast is everything they never told you about real estate. What is the one thing that you've discovered that nobody ever told you about our industry? Uh, I, I guess that 
nobody really explained how real estate is your own business and that, okay, yeah, I got to throw uh, some social media posts up there. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you know, I, I have to write some contract work and I have to do this and I have to do that, but I never fully understood just how much of a business owner you have to be mm-hmm. and everything that you put forth to your business. Um, you don't see the results for that for 90, 120 days. So it's one of those businesses that you have to stay consistent or else you're going to fail. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, I would never truly understood until like three months in, six months in. Yeah. Luckily I understood it that fast because others aren't so lucky. I I definitely didn't. I just was, (laughs) I was a social agent just lying by the seat of my pants and everybody, all my yeah. brokers were like, what the f- you just, you're the top agent in the brokerage and this is your first, second year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I was just going out all the time. It was, it was yeah. a different world yeah. back then. And I, I rode that for a good six years. I didn't have a CRM. I had nothing. So I got lucky. Well, it, no, I wasn't lucky. I chose a prospecting method that I really enjoyed, which was going out and socializing, right? So Absolutely. find your... That's what I did my first year too. Your, every networking session, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Andrew. It is a pleasure. Everybody really needs to check out your podcast because I've watched it and listened to it and it's it's fantastic. So good for you. I love your brand, your luxury brand. And honestly, I want you to take me to play pickleball. Hey, I have to learn how to play it too. So let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's get a teacher. (laughs) Anybody out there knows how to play pickleball in the Niagara (laughs) region, call me and Andrew because we're down. There you go. Thank you so much, Andrew. You're very welcome. It was great to be here. Thanks for listening to everything they never told you about real estate. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To connect with Carrie or for more information about her coaching program, check out carriesove.ca or at carriesove and associates on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.